bronche, bronche. That's how we say brunch. Here's to the ladies who say music with their lunch. You want that bochinche? Si la copa está llena, yo te doy la bendición. So what if we get batches? We from the Bronx. That's it. Don't get it twisted. We be going to Manhattan. Be a queen. Be a boss. Ladies who brush a pop and pop. and welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I'm Julissa. What's good, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, we have a beauty lifestyle blogger, Colombiana, super mom, Jessica. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> hey there, everyone. Uh, my name is Jessica Flores, and I am a content creator from New York City. I cover fashion, beauty, travel, lifestyle, you name it. I cover it all. Nice. And your channel is called Domesticated Me. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So Jessica and I were both part of YouTube Next Up class of 2016. Um, And that's actually how we met the first time. And we were on each other. We were on... um, they split us up into different teams based on, like, I don't know, the content that you made and stuff like that. And so we were on the same team called Something Fierce. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started uh, with Domesticated Me. Sure. So I tell people that I had many lives. Uh, when I was in college, I started as an events planner. And then I had this love of comedy always since I was a little kid. Like I watched Saturday Night Live before I should have been allowed to watch Saturday Night Live. And it's yeah. because my parents spoke Spanish and didn't understand what was on the television. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd always had this love for sketch comedy, stand up. And so when I got when I was old enough in, in college, I started going to stand-up shows. And then eventually, I started producing my own stand-up comedy shows. So basically, you're like a real-life Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I haven't seen that show. Oh, my God. All I right. Too. Everybody go watch the show. It's amazing. I love it. It's funny. Comedy domesticated me. I think you should watch it. Okay. No, for sure. Definitely. I've had many people recommend it to me. So definitely. So um, yeah. So when I was in college, I started working on a show called Tell Your Friends. And it was a workout room for established writers and performers. So we had people from Saturday Night Live. We had people from The Daily Show, Colbert Report, Late Night. Um, and then just like Jim Gaffigan and Louis Black would come in, yes. Dimitri Martin, and try out new materials. And so I did that for like about three or four years. And then I met my husband, who's a political scientist, and then his best friend who worked in politics, and they just kind of sucked me into the political world. Wow. Uh, I started working for um, his best friend, who was running for a campaign. I helped him get elected, started working for him in the state senate, and then wound up being the body person for the New York City Council speaker, Melissa Mark Viverito, who was the first Latina to hold a citywide position. And for those of you who aren't familiar with New York City politics, that position is the second most popular powerful position in the city after the mayor. Wow. That's so And you were like what you called a body, right? Yes. Can you you explain what that is? Yes. Because I know I didn't know what that was. Sure. So they call it a body person because you're literally the body that is next to your principal, the the elected Mm. official, always. So if anyone's watched Veep, it's basically Gary. Gary. Yeah, I was the one. That was me. I was the one with the heavy bag with all the stuff. Who knew how to be on schedule, pulled her yes. meetings, told her who she, you know, where she was going and who she was meeting and what the purpose of the meeting is and running all, all that information. Yes. I can't, was, now I can't get the image of Gary out of my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll also, maybe, maybe another thing would be, it sounds very Anne Hathaway, Devil Wears Prada. 
Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Except it's, I'm sure she's not. She's not mean like that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> well, there are a lot of characters in politics. I mean, a Ooh. true. You meet a lot of a lot of characters. Yeah. Have <laughs> you ever met AOC? Yeah, she's my congresswoman. Look at that. <laughs> she served me pizza at the Q, at the Queensboro. Oh, that's in so Jackson dope. Heights, yeah. And she covers, she's literally like right on the line. So I'm, I live in Parkchester. Um, and so, she, I, like, first of all, she's been in my hood. Every time I see something <laughs> comes out that she's there, I am not there. And I and there was a, to, there was a time she was literally a, a corner away from my corner. And I was like, why have I not fucking met her yet? Like, it is... <laughs> Anyway, but I say that to say, like, yeah, she she represents uh, the district that's right next to mine and Queens. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think she just represents the Bronx no. because she's from the Bronx, but she mm. also represents Queens. Oh, yeah. And she represents, uh, I live in Jackson Heights, mm-hmm. which just happens to be considered one of the epicenters of the progressive, the young progressive movement. So yeah. she's my congresswoman. My assembly member is Catalina Cruz, and she's mm. the first dreamer to hold office in New York State, yeah. and one of the very first in the country, I think one of only two, yeah. to hold a, a political position as a former dreamer. And our, our state senator is also amazing. We have, yeah, we, we have a very cool neighborhood that's very into politics and yeah, it's social popping. movement. So, so Jessica Flores, twenty. What is it? Would it be twenty twenty four? Never, never. No, thank you. Yeah. What? What? Are, what is it like in the political world? Like you know, just sort of. I, f- I find that you know, especially with the election coming up, there's a lot of work being put towards getting millennials to vote and to participate. And at this point, um, I, I was reading something this morning that said that millennials have outpopulated baby boomers. And so if we all literally went out to vote, like there's a very strong chance that we could overturn a lot of what's happening now. Um, clearly you don't lean Trump based off of who you <laughs> based off of who you work with. Um, but what are what are some of the like trends or or that you're seeing in as to why younger people are not voting. I think because now more than ever, we can see the effect of politics and how it's affecting us in our lives, Mm -hmm. especially with like the gun rights movement. Mm. Uh, Kids are getting killed all the time. And that's one of the reasons why people are finally waking up and seeing that they need to do something that they need to more, to be more active. I think it's a great moment, but hopefully it continues and it's not just a movement. It's not just, you know, a retweet or an Instagram right. pic. It actually gets people involved. It's crazy how little of our population actually votes and is involved. I mean, do you know who your council member is? Do you know what a state senator does as, a, as opposed to like an assembly person? Right. It's, it's, uh, it starts with education. I yeah. think it's very important for for us to have real civics classes in our schools to educate our population about who their elected officials are and why they're important. And it's also crazy why when people actually get involved, it's during the presidential races, Mm -hmm. when the local races are the ones that have the most direct impact in your Mm. lives. Yep. So... Um, hopefully, like I said, it's it's not just a trend and it's not just, you know, every four years. It's hopefully people are starting to reach out to their local elected officials and seeing who they are, what they're about and getting involved that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I fun fact about me, my first job was working for my council member, Annabelle Palma at the time. Um, and she, um, you know, I learned a lot being there because I first at first I was just going to file papers and then they were like because I was in eighth grade. 
And they were like, okay, like we have an eighth grader. This is cute. And once upon a time, I thought I was going to be mayor of New York City. Like very, very seriously thought that that was going to be my career path. Um, and so I walked in there like, Psh, you, you just going to have me file some papers? Let me answer that phone. Let me. And they started giving me actual responsibilities to the point where they were kind of like, this is kind of scary that you can do this job and you're an eighth grader. Like what the fuck, right? But like what I learned sort of sitting there and dealing and listening to the constituents was that, holy shit, like even if it was something as small as like, well, this corner on this block needs a lamppost because it's dark and, and like there's high rates of crime and stuff like that. Like at, especially being that young at the time, that's what I cared about the most was the stuff that was happening literally in the Bronx and that we were the office that really pushed that influence and that as much as I thought in my head, oh, well, President Clinton or Bush doesn't don't care about us, but they really, like, that is so granular to, to them that it, it's something that they would never touch. But the way we are taught politics, as you mentioned, does not ensue this idea that somebody like Anabel Palma is the person that I need to be up their ass to be like, hey, we need this for our schools. We need this, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I say that to say that little bit of education, I think really, really, although I had a passion for politics, it really fucking like exploded my desire to be involved in politics and to pay attention. That said, in the Senate and all that shit, there's still a lot of knowledge that I don't have. And, you know, my passion mm. has died, but I think that hopefully, you know, uh, social media makes it easier for people to oh, yeah. get involved and learn. But at the same time, I think it doesn't. Sometimes it becomes a place for memes and jokes. And so people are seeing po politicians and seeing their faces, but they're not really learning anything mm -hmm. about their responsibilities or platforms because the internet can very quickly turn everything into a joke. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing why it's hard to get people really active especially in New York City is because we all have we live in this little blue bubble yes. so for the most part most people are on the same page as to legislative um, things that they're going to do and push forward Right. so it's like oh you know I don't have to call my state senator. I know that they're going to vote pro this pro that but you really can't you really can't trust that they're going to do the right thing or your right thing, what you consider yes. the right thing. So that's why you do have to be involved. You do reach out and say, hey, what does my council member think about this? What does my assembly member think about this? Um, we need, my community needs this. Who do I speak to to get right. this? Right, yes. Oof, we went on a political tangent. Before yeah, we lose yeah, one. Yeah, lost me. Before we, oh, we lost you already? <laughs> <laughs> so all of that said, I started Domesticated Me because I got sucked into politics yes. and I needed a creative outlet. Yes, So that's yes. how Domesticated Me was born, was that I got married and I had a kid and I'm not domestic in any way. So it was just a play. Mm. It was a joke just to be like, I mean, I would tell people that I'm so bad in the kitchen that I would burn water. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just like me going on this journey. And that's yes. how it started. Oh, I love that. Well, when you go out to brunch now, when you can, as I know you probably don't get to go often because you're a busy, busy mom. What is your choice brunche bebida? What are you drinking when you go to brunch? You know, I'm going to go with a classic mimosa. That's been the answer of the season. Mimosa. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's, just it's, fun. it's nice. Bubbly. Yeah. Yes. Classic. Do you like classic orange juice or is there any like different juices that you've tried that you kind of love? Um, no, I haven't ventured off. But I will say now that you 
now that we're thinking about it. So mimosa is always a classic, but after meeting my husband, who's a New Orleanian and likes spicy food, I'm into Bloody Marys every once in a while, too. Oh. And I, I think the, ble- the best looking Bloody Mary I've ever seen was in New Orleans, actually. Yeah? Yeah, because they had like this big, like two big shrimp, Ooh. two big jumbo shrimp, a like strip of bacon, and it was like, it was like, a, oh, it looked like a meal. My thing is like, I'm not, I'm not into tomato soup, so I don't think I would ever get into a Bloody Mary, but I want one that has like shrimp on it or like a, fu- a fucking burger. I saw one that like had like a, like a, like a burger on top. I had wow. one of yeah. those in Punta Cana at the, at the Nickelodeon resort. <laughs> Yo, that resort <laughs> is popping apparently. Did you love it? Oh, at the best time. Yeah. yeah I had the best I kinda, time. I think I'm gonna have to go to the Nickelodeon resort. Oh, yeah, Use my nieces fun. as an excuse. Oh yeah. And they had one of those giant Bloody Marys with the burger and the shrimp and all the oh, stuff God. in it. Yeah. Oh, that's really amazing. So then when you do get the chance to get away and you're having your mimosas, what are you eating? What is your choice brunch meal? So, God, I am so basic. Uh, I love a good avocado toast. And I could just go classic omelet too. Sometimes like just it hits the spot. I like it with a little bit of feta cheese with the extra saltiness Ooh. there, Ooh. with some veggies. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are my two choices. What is your favorite spot to brunch at in New Orleans? Oh, man. That's that's hard. Top five, top five. <laughs> um, God, I'm I'm like, let's see. I really like they have a couple of markets mm-hmm. where they have different vendors. Yes, and so that to me is just my favorite place for brunch for lunch because you can just go there and not know what you want, and you can go savory, you could go sweet, you could go something like really yeah. traditional. Um, so I like those markets. Those markets. Oh yeah. Yeah. I only went, I've, so I've only been to New Orleans once and I'm already itching to go back. Um, Elizabeth's restaurant was the spot that I went to Mm -hmm. and that rest, I mean, it had, we had brunch there and it was some of the Mm. best brunch I've ever had to date. Um, so New Orleans to me is like a food. Oh yeah. Like Mecca. Like it's like, I did not have one. I even went into like a, it looked like a bodega slash 7-Eleven and, but they sold chicken. It was also like a chicken spot at the same time. Mm. bro that our chicken spots look like shit compared to that <laughs> like you no know, the food was phenomenal anyway i'm clearly very hungry right now <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about what it was like going out to eat when you were a kid um so i'm colombian i'm half colombian half ecuadorian half colombian but i was raised with my colombian oh, family shit. i didn't shout out ecuador in that the beginning that's, <laughs> that's okay that's okay uh but i really I, I grew up with my Colombian side. So that's the side that I'm more familiar with and mm. in touch with, unfortunately. But um, so eating out for us was every weekend, like Saturdays, you would go to Jackson Heights, where the really Colombian neighborhood, and you would go to a Colombian restaurant and we ordered the same food every mm. single Saturday. And I, to this day, I will never forget this. One day I was like, let's eat something different. Let's just go someplace different. She's like, okay, there's a new restaurant to open up. Well, we went to a new Colombian restaurant and ordered <laughs> the same food. And thankfully a lot has changed since then. Yeah. <laughs> but that was going out for us. Every weekend it was like going to the Colombian restaurant and eating the same Colombian food. What was the order? 
Bandeja paisa. Bandeja. I had a feeling. I was oh, like, I was like, yeah. I bet you they're getting bandeja. I don't know what that oh. is. What is oh, that? I've God. never had it. It is like everything but the kitchen sink. It is yeah. rice, Ooh. beans, piece of steak, piece of chicharron. Mm-hmm. Comes with like a potato and a piece of yuca. Oh it's God. it's massive. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And you could get like a mini version, but you don't. You just right. get the you full get the version and then you yes. just sleep the rest of the day because you don't have any. You need to digest. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us, what is your favorite bochincha topic to discuss over a meal? Oh, with my, f- I mean, it's always family. It's always family stuff. Like, mm. what's this person off to? What kind of crazy decision this person made? What's this person spending their money on? It's <laughs> always the dis- crazy decisions and never the positive. <laughs> we always get together to talk about the the crazy shit family's doing. I, I, people, my family looks at me because I'm the one who's like, oh, just let people live. Like, that's who they are. You just need to appreciate them for who they are. I do like listening, but I'm just like, right. don't do that. Like, no, yeah. don't say that. <laughs> I'm that person too. At my family table, I'm like, guys, guys, like, come on, let them live. And then they'll be like, no, porque, y tú te crees que ella le dijo a tal de tal. And I'll be like, ¿qué? Ay, Dios mío. And then, and then, and then I catch myself and I'll be like, no, pero son cosas, tú sabes, la juventud. And I'll be like in the back, like, damn, yeah. Nah, she wildin'. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. <Yes. laughs> All right, and now we're moving into our cheers moment where we cheers dope people and dope shit. Um, spring is coming, guys. I can't even believe it. I'm excited as hell. Oh, yeah. I could not be any more ready for winter to be over. I do not like winter. I love spring. I just feel like it, the fact that it's coming makes me more uh, more aware of time passing. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. then it's spring, then it's summer, and then and you're then back the into the winter. Over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It's crazy. To be um, fair, though, this, this winter wasn't the most brutal winter. I, we- I feel like I'm always like, but is it coming? Is it still happening? Because, like, you don't, you don't know. I remember one, like... Um, uh, Valentine's Day that it like there was like a blizzard and, yes. and so I'm just like I'm just always afraid like yes. I'm like I can't like it might it might still be coming like I don't know so matter of fact let me how you be like let me check the forecast real right. quick before like, <laughs> no really because even like this year you know one week it was freezing and then the next week you'd be wearing like shorts yeah wow tank tops. so like, <laughs> traveling is so hard because we're gonna go to Disney World next week and I remember that oh. Like two years ago, we went in March and it was freezing in the morning. And now I'm looking at it and it looks like it's still warm. And I'm like, I don't know what to pack. Like, yeah. do I trust my eyes or do I trust my memories? But then it's like, well, you know, who knows what the weather is like right now? So speaking of packing then, so now that spring is coming, what excites me about spring and any weather that's not winter is the fact that I don't have to be wearing a heavy ass coat. Because I feel mm-hmm. like heavy coats like need to be their own fashion statement oh, because yeah. nothing that's underneath it. matters mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. But share with me some of your favorite spring looks fashions are you a scarf girl jean jacket girl give us a little light on that oh i love good jackets oh yes. my god i love every type of jacket military blazer Oof. jackets like oh i love yes. i love all kinds of jackets i'm all for jackets i'm digging the puffy sleeves right now hmm. okay, like you're gonna see a lot of that in stores and i'm digging it. It's just a cute little element to like whatever t-shirt top. Like you can find it in t-shirt material, but right. just that yeah. extra little 
I'm seeing a lot of denim happening. Is do you think that denim for spring is like a thing? Oh like? yeah, definitely, definitely, and all kinds of cuts. Like you have your classic yeah. cuts, straight leg, skinny, but you're gonna see a lot of like wide leg, like puffy thigh mm. area, which not mm. everyone can pull off. Like yeah. I don't need, but it's interesting to see like pleated, like mom jeans. They're still in. Yeah. And and coming in all kinds of shapes and sizes. So you're definitely going to see a lot of that. There's specifically this one denim jacket that I saw on Fashion to Figure that I want to get for my birthday. Um, <laughs> but it's like it uh, it has fringes that like literally it looks like it goes down to your knees. So it's like a denim jacket, but it has like. Oh my God. Fringes. That's like 80s, I want it. right? Like 80s rock bands. You know, all my pictures oh my are going to be like this. With <laughs> <laughs> my arm up. Like you're fine. Just. <laughs> I love, see, for me, it's like, because my favorite season is the, is the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still in the spring f- try to pull some of my like boot action that I have ha- mm. that happens in the fall. So depending on what colors, I try to stay away from the brown tones because I'm like, all right, spring, we want to mm-hmm. try to pop a little bit of color, but I'm bad with color. I'm always oh, like, oh, this color doesn't look good on me. This color doesn't I look good on me. I am a terrible fashion blogger sometimes when it comes to that. Cause it's like, okay, this is the year I'm going to try prints and I'm going to try color. And I'm like walking out in black always. All and I'm t- like, it's the New Yorker in me. I can't help it. Yeah. Like, I love Black. black is like the New York uniform. Like oh, yeah. truly, truly, like all black is like well, so. Because it looks good. Always. <laughs> it never. It never fails me. And even times where I'm like dressed in a way that's like, bitch, you didn't even try. <laughs> if it's an all black and I have just good like jewelry statement oh, yeah. pieces on top of it, all of a sudden it doesn't matter that it's technically leggings and a t-shirt. But if I tie the t-shirt oh, right yeah. or if I do the thing right, at a belt, I'm all dressed. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, what are some of your favorite accessories? So we talked jackets. You just mentioned belt because I have zero fashion sense essentially is what I'm trying to get at so I'm trying to get these tips because this summer I'm trying to speak of summer this spring I'm trying to get a little cute you know I'm trying to bag a man so I'm trying to look a little cute mm, okay um I think you know what's what's in and I, and I as a mom I really appreciate it is like the utility look mm. so like you see the bags you know like the the Louis Vuitton uh pochette accessoire I have it and it's like I love it so much I just wish like if cargo pants are in and like those photography vests where it has like a million pockets like if those would come back I would be in heaven because give me the pockets give, yeah. I could put you know pacifier here put wipes over here hand sanitizer yes. over there so I'm into it but yeah. like utility stuff that's still for some reason like still in you're gonna see a lot of that yeah yes. I'm excited for that I also carry a lot of shit I always have like book bags and I was trying to like get rid of the like big book bag and so um for most of the winter I was actually sporting like a mini like a mini little book bag but I'm like fuck that's not doing <laughs> it anymore like I need to start like I need to start carrying laptops and all that stuff they so. also just need to be, start putting more pockets in women's clothing because as someone who likes to dip and dabble and has spent the majority of my life wearing men's clothing the amount of women's pants that don't have pockets it's crazy it's so fucking frustrating when you're used to having pockets all the time that's yeah. why people freak out when there's if you find a dress with pockets uh, people freak yeah. out give me a dress with pockets oh any motherfucking day yeah. I am on stage accepting whatever fucking award I'll get in my life give me some motherfucking so you could just say it has pockets it. so really, you know just like standing also for posing like on a red yeah. carpet like I like that lax like you know yeah, yeah. I was like 
you know, but that you can just like sort yeah. of chill. It's a, it's a mm. bit more authentic to me and how I, I like to dress. Bueno, all I know is that I'm excited for the warmth. I'm not excited for the allergies, but I'm definitely oh excited oh, for yeah. the warmth. Jesus be a Zyrtec. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, so now we're going to move into our Tuta Loca Es, where we call out motherfuckers for doing the most. And so, spill the tea, Jessica. What's going on with Johnny Depp? Oh, my God. So, (laughs) for the last week. So, we know that two years ago, Johnny Depp got divorced from Amber Heard. Right. Amber Heard went to police station, got a protective order, says that she was abused, physically abused by Johnny Depp. Yes. The world supported her. As they should, when uh-huh. a victim comes out and says, "My husband has been beating on me all this," and she, there's photos of her with like a bruise going into the police yeah, station. Nah. As the world should, they believe her, and that was it. Johnny Depp kept it classy. He was quiet throughout most of the things he did through a rep say that it wasn't true, but didn't say anything. Um, stuff was leaking, mostly from like making her look positive, but mm. no one questioned it, or most people didn't question it. Certainly the media didn't. Right. Um, and then this past week, Johnny Depp is in the middle of a defamation lawsuit against her, saying that all her claims were oh. false. Mm. And so all of these documents are getting leaked right now. And this past week, we have audio of her having a conversation with Johnny Depp where she's saying, no one is going to believe you. No one is going to believe you. If you tell someone that I'm the one who's beating on you, that I'm putting on makeup just to take photos showing you, no one's going to believe you because you're Johnny Depp, you're a big man, and I was 115 at the time. And more audio. Like, that was, like, the biggest, like, crazy. But before that, all these little conversations were coming out where I think it was part of, like, their therapy that they recorded conversations. And it's just more of that stuff where she's saying she's, like, vicious, angry at him because... When they have arguments and she starts getting physical, he walks away. And that enrages her, enrages her more. And so that's the, those are the conversations that we're overhearing is her admitting or her using her own words, saying that she's the one who gets vis- physical and gets, sorry, gets physical and she gets even more angry when he tries to walk away. And that that is like when it's peak physical between them because he's trying to leave and she's trying to prevent him from leaving. And she even there were moments where she was like, "Well, you're physical too. You hit back." And he says, "I was pushing you off me." So, oh if you God. go by these conversations, it looks like Johnny was the victim the whole time. And if Whoa. Yeah, and let me tell you how canceled people were ready. How Oh, canceled. go to her Instagram right now. All the like Oh, yeah, he got... Oh, yeah. I mean, terrible, because that's what you do. As he should have, again, like you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's just true, but I'm just like... Wow. And so here's the thing. Like, it's not... So if you go to her Instagram page, all her recent photos have, like, 100,000 comments on it, which she's deleting, by the way. But it's people, you know, rightfully upset at her because she destroyed... I mean, he got kicked out of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He couldn't, you know, hasn't been working very much because who wants to hire a domestic abuser? No one. And so he hasn't been working and and he hasn't been out in the spotlight. Like he, he was a beloved actor. So since then people haven't been working with him and people are, upset about it and so like the real real reason why people are upset or or why i would 
am upset about the situation is that because now, even if you look at those comments, you are seeing people saying, see, this is why we have to question when people, when women come that out and was say that what they're I was abused. waiting to and say. Now, yep. Like women don't come out already because they know that they will be doubted. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they don't even have the evidence that this, that Johnny Depp has with like the audio and like, and so now it's even more of a reason why people are not going to come out f- come forward because yeah. they're going to yeah. be doubted and now people are like well remember the Johnny Depp case now we can't trust that this like what what like what do you have and so it's like really messed up uh, and you know it's 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 unfortunate i think that last point for me is the point that really hits home because like at the end of the day right he's Johnny Depp he'll be okay she's with you like they'll be i uh-huh. you know but like especially people who are in situations like this who often and let alone a celebrity right like who don't feel comfortable coming out um these big celebrity cases become the standard Mm -hmm. and and there's there's already such a hard time, even with, I th- I'm thinking about Harvey Weinstein right now in my head and like what his lawyer had said earlier this week about how like women put themselves in the position and she she's smart so she would never mm-hmm. put herself in yeah. the position to be sexually assaulted because mm-hmm. apparently that's a choice people make. Um, you know, and, and, and it just, it is such a bad example and such bad timing when we are fighting cases like that to have a story like this come out. And at first when you were telling stories I was like, oh, but maybe they took her audio out of context. And what she's saying to him is like, oh, if you are going to tell people that I'm lying, no one's going to believe you because, you know, X, Y, Z reasons you listed. But it doesn't sound like that's the case. It sounds like there's other audio in which she incriminates herself. And there's also video that hasn't been leaked yet, but you can read the, you know, when people submit all that, you can tell what's been provided by the attorneys. There's supposedly like 80 Audio, files of audio and video. Um, there are her texts that came out like two weeks ago. Texts from her parents texting Johnny saying, "We wish you guys could just figure this out." And he's like, "How?" She's accusing me of the worst thing. He's like, "We we love you. We want you to work this out." Her mom saying, "I wish we could adopt you." And then if you put it into context, oh, wow. like this is just when she's gone to the police to say he's abusing me. I need a protective order. What parent would be in like, their right adop- mind yeah. would be reaching out to him saying, "We wish you could work it out." Like I know if if my daughter had ever had ever had an interaction, like that guy would be dead to me, obviously. Right, right, right. Or that person would be dead to me, obviously. But so you think they she knew they knew what she was doing. I think if from the looks of it, they didn't. They knew it doesn't look like they believed that she was being abused. And they talk about a penthouse that it's all because she wanted to keep the penthouse for during the divorce. Like it's bad, guys. It's bad. Oh. And of course, yes, we don't know the ins and outs of people's relationships, but we can only go by what we see and hear. And these are her words, her parents' words, and that's crazy. Oh, he, she cut a piece of his finger off. What? Okay. During a fight. <laughs> All right, this is crazy. Ah, oh, wait, I'm laughing. Oh it's not funny, but I'm thinking about Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> mm. She liked, she, she, so she's like, it, it comes crazy. out in the audio where she like chucks stuff at him, like pots and pans and wow. stuff like that. And she threw something and the glass cut his finger. And there's photos of him at the hospital, photos of his finger. <laughs> 
Okay. It's like really this fun. is yeah. This is some. Wow. This shit. You know that's what it wow. is? It's ratchet. And, and nah. This shit. That's ratchet. Yo. See. And it's, it's celebrities like can be ratchet. The Me Too movement that whole time. This is what I'm saying. She wrote mm. this like essay for a magazine about how she's a survivor and all that. Go. She's a oh, like uh, a, no. a women's a rights ambassador for the UN no. currently, and so people like. It's it's bad. Ugh. Nah, that sounds crazy. It's like it sucks because there's evidence. Cause like the, like there's the little voice in me that's like, be sure, be sure that she's fully oh, yeah. not lying. But you keep talking, and I'm like, it's so yeah, it's clear. It it is what it is. You have to call yeah. it what it is. It's really really unfortunate when people do that. You're taking away from someone's platform in order for your own selfish gain, and it is just so so utterly disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've worked with. Um, uh, I used to be a youth developer, and I used to have a lot of students who lived in homes where domestic violence was a very big thing and like you meet these these women these mothers and like the the amount of like work and sacrifice and fear Mm -hmm. that they live in like for you to try to co-opt that offer what like get your penthouse and and to me it's like all right get your penthouse somewhere else or some other way like think of something else to get what you want don't use somebody else's platform Mm -hmm. this is uh not good. And like you said, at the end Not of the day, she's going to be fine because she's a beautiful Girl. actress that's getting booked. She's in Aquaman, which, of course, there's a petition to get her uh, recast and for mm. L'Oreal to stop working with her. Mm. If you go to, um, I forget where it's on, but. I don't know. Like, she I'm was going to be fine no matter what, but. Poor John. Now I'm I feel low-key bad. Because I will, yeah. I will out myself. I was definitely one of the people. I was like, I don't care how much I love Johnny Depp. He want to put mm-hmm. hands on people. Fuck Johnny Depp. Fuck his movie. I haven't seen or supported a Johnny Depp anything in a really long. I was mm-hmm. upset that he was in uh, uh, Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a huge Harry Potter, and I'm like, what the fuck? They throw him, and nobody wants him now. They want to just fucking throw uh, him on Harry Potter shit. Fuck out of here. Like I was like really, <laughs> like really upset because I I do think that like the only way to to affect changes in these areas is to have an air of intolerance especially as consumers like especially as consumers um who was it we had someone on one of the episodes and i was saying like yes there is the responsibility and stuff that we can put onto like you know the artist or their you know product producers managers whatever or we can just stop fucking with them and all the work they do is to come get put their hands Mm -hmm. in our pockets so if we're like nah Mm -hmm. then that's really the way to do it and and like it didn't fully work to the point where like johnny depp like completely completely got zero work but it worked enough that Mm -hmm. johnny depp has not been relevant yeah no Mm -hmm. he has not been relevant in fact robert downey jr who has had like you know a comeback moment from his past issues and like I was so surprised when they have when they had him as uh, Doctor Doolittle um, because I was just like oh that's 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 a role that a Johnny Depp would easily because Johnny Depp always gets these like esoteric mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. characters and the first thing I thought was like oh look at Robert Downey because he's been Iron Man and he hasn't done shit for a while so everybody's forgotten his shit and so everybody loves Robert Downey but hates Johnny Depp but I'm interested to see what his career is gonna look like after all of this watch him be in yeah. Mad movies again. Mad because he's talented. People like working with Johnny. You know what? You what's crazy? And I don't know if I'm wrong for thinking this, but while you were saying the story and as we've been talking about it, um, one of the things that I thought was, wow, like whoever Johnny Depp's um, PR person is must be really fucking good for him to like have let. Like for him, because when you first said the story, like you said that he handled it, you know, professionally, he quiet, and he yeah. was quiet. Mm-hmm. He let it happen. That was two years ago, right? 
And now two years later, he's handling this like defamation and allowing all this stuff to come out. It's almost kind of like um, a smart move, I feel like. like Because if he would have tried to do this when she was... Oh, people would have well, been down. Yeah, they would have... The so evidence I don't know though. how it's getting leaked. Um, but like I feel like if it was coming from him directly, like it would have been leaked a long time ago. It would have been leaked like as okay. soon as it was happening. And one of the conversations that was leaked, one of the audio, so you he, he, I I don't think so, but who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be their so, attorneys. I don't think so because he's also like Johnny Depp. And if he wanted to get interviews, like he could have gone yeah, to anybody and be like, I have an right, interview for you. Exactly. I'm going to shout this bitch out. And he didn't. One Ooh. of the audios that was leaked is a conversation that he had with her. Right. And he's like, Amber, I love you. I, I, I don't want to do this. If you want to go to court, you can do what you want to do. But I want to handle this between us. I want mm-hmm. us to do it right. If we go to court, everything comes out. And like the, the conversation actually really, really sad, really, mm-hmm. really sad. And all she says is like, my reputation, people are talking about me. People are calling me a, di- a gold digger. I have to defend myself. I have to. So you see that it's her that she built this mm-hmm. whole thing because when the divorce started happening, people were we're like wondering, well, this is, you know, this young up and coming actress wow. and this big movie star. And so she felt like she had to go all in. And so that conversation that he's having, it's really heartbreaking where he's like, I want to like, let's do this. Like you could see that he's like, I'll give you whatever you want. Just like, mm-hmm. let's handle it. I don't want us okay. to get hurt. And then in the end, he's like finally frustrated. And he's like, I'm finally seeing that the person I'm in love with was never there. And so you feel like, and so there's a line Who's where he's gonna like, write this movie? <laughs> it, it is a movie. Who's gonna write this one? Yeah, no, nah, this, this, I think that that piece though, like just this, this point about like, oh, well, she was getting called a gold digger and stuff. That just goes to show you that as much as we think our comments and the commentary that people make on celebrity lives don't affect them because they're rich and quote unquote untouchable, people are people, man. That like, you know, like it's it, like the fact that she felt she needed to make up a story to justify what. I guess apparently it was just a divorce for the sake of divorce for other reasons that are emotional. That's for it's for her to pull a Jesse Simolier. Well, I always forget. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if that's how we say is it? You know, and who, who also, by the way, just got, um, what was, did he get indicted? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for what he had done, um, you know, it feels like she just pulled one of those, you know, she staged it. She staged it. Bueno, I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to keep up with the story now. Oh, that. and I have to just say that I am not this huge Johnny Depp fan. I, I probably have watched. <laughs> In case like, the story turns. <laughs> no, I'm saying like, I'm like coming from the place of like, I never believed her. Like I was not that person. Once yeah. again, I was yeah. someone who was like, oh my God, this is terrible. But like, I'm, I'm not like one of those stands that's like watched every movie. And so I automatically on his camp. No, I, I, I had no dog that's, in this fight. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Too, because like, and 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 I'll just end with this. Like, I met someone who used to work, who used to do the music for the Cosby Show, um, and told me this very long, elaborate story that I won't take up the time to tell now. But like, he is very, very certain that. Bill Cosby is innocent and he's like there are so many and I'm not saying I believe this let me wait let me be real clear I am not saying that Bill Cosby is innocent of the crimes with which he is serving time for Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with somebody who very strongly believes based off of the evidence they have in their personal relationship with Camille his wife that 
this whole thing was a huge setup because what was coming, and this has been sort of said in papers before, but he's like, you do not understand the scale of the NBC deal we were about to have to bring back the Cosby show and was about to be some crazy shit and people did not want him to have that. And thus the explosion of the stories and the timing and you know the fact that Harvey Weinstein and all these things were around was perfect. I don't know that I believe that. I'm just saying that stories like these then start to make me feel like, fuck, like, what do we know? And what don't we know? Like, what's true and what's not true? And you never know. But I'm still very much, I still rather be supportive of the side of the victim first because, you know, knowing survivors and having experiences myself, I know better. Mm -hmm. got you know, I mean, imagine what would happen if we found out that both Cosby was framed. The world would... Anywho. I definitely want to taste that. Oh my god. Okay, and now we are at our plate of the day. Back in the day, raising children in today's world with old school norms. So, one of my biggest fears in life actually is becoming a mother. <laughs> because Rightfully I, so. I, I don't know that, like, I think about being a mother very much from the lens with which, like, you know, my mother parented me and she, I have a dope mom. My mom is an excellent mother, but she literally like, that's what she did with her life. Like she was a mother. So down to every granular detail of her children, she was involved. She was supportive. Um, you know what I mean? She, uh, you know, laid down the law very clear. And there's just certain aspects of her motherhood that I'm like, wow, I don't even think I have the time or emotional capacity to be this present for one child, let alone five that my mom has. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so I, I, I look at people like you who do have, you know, you have your, your, your husband, you have your kids, you have your careers and your passions and you're killing it. And I just like, literally I'm like, Oh my God, down. Like, I think that that is such a uh, overlooked uh, capability to have all those things together. But really, outside of even like my capability as a parent, I look at the world and I'm like, holy fuck, how do I navigate a world where my kid can ha- has YouTube in their hands or mm-hmm. has like the internet and has access to so much information, maybe sometimes even before me. And like I have, uh, I have a niece that's five and one that's 11 and the 11 year old is like on TikTok, right? And there's like all these challenges with music that's talking about oh sit pussy this and sucking dick this and I can take that dick and I'm just like yeah stop and I'm freaking like freaking out um but anyway I say all that to say I I that's just a third person perspective on on what being a parent in 2020 is like but like give us a little bit of insight what is it like being a parent in well, this age like I appreciate your words but let me make this clear no one is killing it. No one has it together. No one knows what they're doing. <laughs> we are all just taking it day, day by, by day. day. That's the truth. Uh, That's so y- funny. Like no one that, that you say like no one is killing it. And I I I have no. I guess my closest uh, experience of being a parent is being a teacher. And the other day in the classroom, I had a thought like, Yo, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta make it look like I know what I'm doing in front of these kids. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. That's, that's parenthood. Exactly right? it. That's it. No one got, gives you, okay, this is how you do it. This is the path because every parent is different. Mm-hmm. Um, even in a, in a, uh, a marriage, I parent one way, 
the other person can parent a different way. Every kid mm. is different, so you have yeah. to parent them individually. You, it's not like one law for everybody. So you just have to do your best and take it day by day. Yeah, that's really it. Yeah. What a what is pregnancy like? So all pregnancies are also different. So um, my pregnancy with the first was different from the pregnancy with the second. Um, I remember that with my first, I was very sick, terrible skin. My hair was falling out. And they say, oh, it's a girl because she's stealing your beauty. Wow. That, that, was, that wow. was what my was mom told me. It was a girl. Oh, yes. The second one, <laughs> much easier. Much easier. I wasn't that sick. I could not wash my face for a month, and you would never see a pimple on my face. Wow. My hair was full and silky. I had a girl. Wow. I had a girl, too. So they're all just different, and it just depends. Morning sickness is the worst. Oh, Oof. my God. That's the worst. But I did enjoy my pregnancy. Good. I did. Cool. I Good. like the feeling of like, it's weird because it's like you're never alone. Yeah. Mm. And you start bonding then when you feel a kick. Like it's really a cool experience. Do so you, I really did you talk to the baby in the belly? Like, oh, all yeah. right, calm down. Of <laughs> <laughs> all right, relax. <laughs> <laughs> when when they're like kicking you in the kidney, you're like, okay, all right, I got it, I got it. Oh, wow. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. And you were telling us a little earlier how different your two girls are and how you're oh trying God. to figure out your toddler right now. Oh Tell God. us a little bit more. They're night and day. So I was saying that my oldest, who's eight now, my mom calls her Pan de Dios because <laughs> she's just like. She's wonderful. She's so sweet. She's so calm. She's so she's an artist, so she'll sit there and draw and oh, like the oh. sweetest kid. The other one is a terrorist. She is two. <laughs> she's two and she's terrible. She's so she's crazy. She's loud. But she gave you an easy pregnancy though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was her. You time. saw that silky hair? Yeah, that's how it is. It's like, this is what you get now. This is what you get. She, oh my gosh, she's she's nuts and so it's hard for me to figure out because you have to start disciplining them now right because mm. they're two and this is when they like start throwing stuff and like <laughs> my daughter my first daughter Catalina she never did anything I think she did I put her in time out twice in her whole life Clara it's constant it's constant she's drawing on my walls mm. she's chucking stuff she gets angry she hits so mm. I don't hit her back because how am I going to teach her not to hit while I'm hitting her mm. so that's not how I discipline so I, I I'm trying to figure out how to discipline her because you know she will throw stuff and hit and I don't want to hit her back you mm. know I don't want to I, I don't I don't can't spank her because how I'm going to teach her not to hit while I'm hitting her. Right. Mm -hmm. So right. that's not yeah. the route that I need to go with her. So I do time out. But when I tell her time out, she goes and fixes her own corner and she'll like go move the chairs out of the way and <laughs> go stand there by herself. So I'm like, how do I discipline this girl? What am I going to do? I don't know. And that's something that I'm in the process of figuring out. Yeah. And hopefully she grows out of this stage and as she matures and she realizes I can't hit and I can't hit people and I can't chuck stuff at them. So I think that I, that idea is because um, I feel like we come from that mindset of like when we hear a crying baby, a loud baby, we're like always thinking kind of like just a little papao, you know, would get them. Yeah, I definitely. In, you know, in line. Yeah. Um. So I think 
I say that to say, relating back to, like, this idea of, like, parenting in 2020 versus, like, what our parents did. Did your parents ever hit you or did you get a pop out? I mean, I was a good girl. <laughs> so I probably, not that many times, I don't remember, like, a big pop out right. moment. I'm not opposed to pop out because, again, it's a, it's a cultural thing. That's how we right. grew up. So I just mm-hmm. feel like you need to know your kid. If your kid needs a pop out and, and you're not, like hurting them you're not bruising them you're not like right. really abuse like abusing yeah. then i don't yeah. i don't see a problem with it it's just like you need to know your kid and i feel like this one That's if i hit gonna... her she's gonna be like you're hitting me i'm gonna hit you back right so, yeah. so i feel like you need to like know your kid i feel you're talking about your mom my mom was also super cool and progressive and liberal in the way that she um, brought me up, but I feel like it's because she knew who I was. Like I was mm. a kid who was always in my room reading a book or mm. watching a movie. And so she was like, go, go out. Like I have a crazy story. I'm a huge Shakira fan. We were talking about that uh, earlier. And I went with my friends in high school and stood outside of Saturday Night Live because I wanted to get into that taping. Unfortunately, it was the taping that Derek Jeter was also in. So it was like all these Yankee fans. And oh, it was like no. the three of us oh, with our God. Colombian flags trying to get in. We didn't get in. But I saw this guy walking out with a Shakira tour, like this chain thing. And so I went up to them. I was like, listen, we're the only Shakira fans here. Is there any way you can help us get in? And he said, you know what? Let me go upstairs and see. He comes back down and said, I'm really sorry. I can't bring you girls in. But listen, I'm Shakira's brother. And if you want, we're staying at this hotel. If you want to come by tomorrow before we leave, she'll sign all your stuff. (gasps) And so I freaked out, went home. My mom's like, yeah, go. That's, That's great. Meanwhile, my other friends were like, oh, yeah, we asked our parents if I could go meet this strange man at a hotel. And for some reason, they said no. <laughs> <laughs> Which guys is that? I didn't even think about so, it that yeah, way. Yeah, 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 I didn't. Yeah. So I was the only one that went. So I went and met this stranger at a hotel. And thankfully, it was Shakira's brother. Shakira was there. She signed all my stuff. She signed oh all my, my friends. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous of you right now. It was like one of the most amazing experiences but I put myself in that situation, and if my daughter was like, I'm going to, oh, can I do this? I'd be like, hell no. Are you insane? Yeah. <laughs> like, true, true my thing. mom let me go to Chile with my best friend when I was a senior in high school by ourselves. And we, I mean, we were staying with her family, but at one point we took a road trip by ourselves, got on a bus to go to Pablo Neruda's house, which is like Ooh. eight hours away from where we were. And I'm like, if my daughter said that, I would have freaked out. Like that, like I tell my daughter, like, you want to go away for college? That's fine. I'm coming with you. <laughs> you are not going to be by yourself till you're like 45. Oh my goodness. But, <laughs> wow. And where do you think me. that comes from? Like moms, because like my mom was cool, but my mom is also that mom who was who was like, when I was applying to college, she was like, yeah, you know, aplica donde tu sabe, tu eres la que sabe, tu eres la que sabe. And when I'd be like, oh, California, and name all these things, pero tan lejos, no, tu no puedes ir tan lejos. And like, you know, and it like really like, like, so at what mo- what moments provoked that momness in you where it's like you're torn between what you want for your kid versus like what your kid wants? Oh, um, I am trying to be that parent that will let my kid be who they are. And it is, it is quite hard. Like, right now we're in a situation where she got accepted to the School of American Ballet, which is very Ooh. prestigious, right? And so she oh, just did her yes. first year. And she's done ballet since she was, like, three or four. Wow. So for me, it's, like, that moment, like, wow, this is amazing. I now recognize it's not her thing. Mm. It's not her thing. And so this is her second. Not her thing as in she's not. She's not excited about like it. She's not excited she about loves her art. Time. 
Yeah. Art, she will draw all day. We have her in art classes too. And that's like yeah. what she comes home. And she, she's not coming home and doing plies. Right. Like she's coming home and drawing. She's coming wow. home and, and like painting. So, options. Sorry. So I kind of talked her into coming back the second year. She's in her second year now because I realized that she was, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot for me too, to go, to come from Queens into the city, to go take this class twice a week. Right. And so I realized that one of the big issues that she was having is like, she felt like she didn't have enough time when she got home. Like she had to like do her homework, eat, go to bed, you know? Ooh. So I was like, you know, if we let you stay up a little bit longer, would that help with your decisions? So I know that I was like talking her into it. So I talked <laughs> you her into negotiating. it. I was negotiating <laughs> and I got her to do this here. But now I sit down, I'm like, this is just not her thing. So as much as I love to say, I'd love to see her in her little tutu I would love to see her in point shoes I would love to see her on the stage at Lincoln Center right. it's not her thing so I need to step back and just say if you don't want to do it yeah. you don't want to do it yeah I think that's important but I also think that you talking her into it is a good thing because so many times like when it comes to like young students who are like exploring the arts and stuff like that they're even they, they don't give it the chance to figure out if mm -hmm. it's their thing or not, you know? Mm -hmm. And so and so many parents are so quick to allow them to quit that they don't learn the discipline of dedicating yourself to it and stuff like that. So I think that even though you did have to talk her into the second year and now you're coming to terms with the fact that it's not her thing, I think it matters more the decision that you're going to make now yeah. mm -hmm. knowing this yeah. instead yeah. of like try to force her to do it mm -hmm. yeah and with and with your like sort of you talk about you talked about how your mom you know was liberal and very supportive what other ways do you find that you mimic the way your mom parented you with your daughters um well it's it's difficult to say because I had that immigrant I was raised by an immigrant right so she worked day and night hmm. so when I say my parents I'm really talking about my mom and my aunt my aunt had a big hand mm. in raising me because she was the one that I would come home to in the day. So my aunt was like the dad, the, mm. the like sit down and eat, do your homework. My mom was a more liberal person, but she had to work all day. So mm. she wasn't physically around during the week a ton, but she was super supportive in everything that I did. Yeah. And what I do find myself like being my mom with Catalina is like her projects, her school projects. When I had a school project, my mom went all out on my projects like it, I remember one where we had a, it was like hat day and you had a decorated hat well she went out and like bought me this straw hat we put like all these little birds on it and like little and like crazy and I had I have those moments where Catalina comes home with a project and I was like all right let's do this let's like let's let's go all out and Love so that. in that I can see my mom in that for sure but um I'm trying again it just it just depends on the kid and with Catalina, I know that I can't be like that aggressive, pushy person because yeah. it's not for her. Because it's not for mm. her. What, what, how do you manage having kids that live in an age of social media and the internet in the way that we didn't have? Because we had it, but like AIM is harmless compared to some of the oh shit God. going on. And on we got in internet. trouble on AIM too. Right. Yeah. And, like, and even on AIM, we yeah. got in trouble. So how do you manage that? And I know they're younger, but like even at a young age, like oh. my niece knew how to use an iPad by three. She was oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely, you know? for sure. Um, it's hard because they will ask for it. They want to be on it. Like, right now, my daughter's into, like, these online games, and I have to, like, shut the chats off. Mm. So, so it's just about, like, taking those extra stuff, checking out the security, and monitoring them. Mm -hmm. Always monitor. Like, even now, there was this big thing about, you know YouTube has all those rules now for 
kids yeah, content like it's because there's about. so many crazy videos that there you think are. are fine but when you really look at them they're crazy yeah mm. and they all sorts of weird stuff so you have to monitor what they're doing yeah um so that's what i've i've she only has she can be on the tablet 20 minutes for three times a day and i'm next to her and we compromise like half the time has to be educational and then the other time can be play right and so it's just, yeah, it's just monitoring, taking those extra steps because you know what's out there. Yeah. And it is easy for yeah. parents to just be like, you know, like go when they go out to eat and stuff to just be like, here's the phone. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want yeah. a pig? You want, yeah. you want this? You want... Yeah. No, I, and, and do you find that, do you, do you find that that is a solution for you when you are like going out or like oh, doing absolutely. activity? Oh, absolutely. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God for streaming videos. Thank goodness for them. Because otherwise I would never have a conversation with my husband. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder what we did. Like, I try to go back and think about it. What, what were we doing? Game I, boys. So I, you game know, boy. I had a very creative madrina. Like, she used to create games out of the fucking magazines that she would bring along with her. So she would like find this word and all the all the oh articles. Like, I know yeah. that my parents. I also grew up with like a family of teachers. So like. Oh, they were good got, at like good giving stuff. you that little yeah good tips side activity. <laughs> I think like I because all I can remember was being in the mix. I was yeah. very mixy as a kid, and I was listening to all the bochinche, <laughs> and I was very invested in all. I mean, that's probably why I talk so much now. And and act I, like by the time I was five, I'd be like, oh no, mami, porque tú viste que ya hizo esto. No, yo vi que tú le dijiste a tía que ella está gorda, pero sí, ella se comió tres like. Oh my like, god! You know, like and I'd be the one like like oh ensuing the gossip and making and then. And being in front of them and being like, Pero tú tienes que rebajar, niño. Tú no puedes comerte tres like. And like my mom would like slap, like bitch, like shut the fuck oh up. Because I'd be the one spilling the tea. Because I didn't have an iPad in my hand. Adio. Mm. That's what I had to entertain me. But like I see it with my nieces too where like they've requested. It's almost like it's a demand. Like they already know the, Automatic, the, the yeah. jig. We're about to be in this adult thing. Give, yeah. Give me, me my yeah. shit. Like, you know. Um, but I worry like our, I, then you have those parents who are who who are very good at like limiting their kids' engagement with that stuff, and then it makes me feel like shit. I feel like I would very easily put like technology in front of my kids' face yeah. and be like, All right, I think, I think be entertained. <laughs> you shouldn't like the mommy shaming stuff that happens, it's like you do whatever you want to do with your kid. Like yeah. you figure it out what's right for you. And don't worry about what anyone else thinks. Like, if, if right now, if if you, for your sanity, for the sake of your marriage, that you need to have a conversation, <laughs> like, marriage. for the sake of yeah. your sanity That's in your marriage, yeah. if yeah. you need to hand your an iPad over so that you can have, like, 30 minutes, an hour to yourself, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Go ahead and do it. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. You just do what you got to do. And yeah. so that's that's where I am. I try to limit it. I mostly try to limit the time on the tablet because of her eyesight. Because that's mm-hmm. a thing now where yeah. most kids today need glasses because they're all mm-hmm. nearsighted. Because they're all looking at, at this. Yeah. Like I just like a foot in front of them. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm doing it mostly. Because otherwise, you know, if... if if I need to have a conversation with my husband, even if it's just like, how was your day, honey? Right. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to hand it off to her. Right, right. Yeah. So <clears throat> moving away from the kids and talking about you and your time for you to have Jessica time or Jessica time with hubby, like how do you make time for that and domesticated me all in one? So it's very hard. It's very hard. Me and husband time happens because of grandma. 
Thank <laughs> God for grandma. I love my mom. She's the best. And she lives close. Like in that sense, we're like a traditional Latin family right. because she's right by us. Mm. I live 20 blocks from the house that I grew up in. Nice. She, uh, she, I moved her closer when she sold her house. She's, she's, she's like four blocks from us. Wow. So on the weekends, if I need time to go to the gym with my husband or just like a night out, I can drop the kids off. And nice. they're hanging out with grandma, and we have that time to ourselves. The work during the week is much harder. And like I said, like people don't, like if you think people have it together, like no one has it together. So I am, like, there are nights where I have to stay up two, three o'clock in the morning because I can't film during the day. During the day, I have my little mm, one. Wow. Oh then I God. have, like, school pickup and oh, lunch and I this and that. And imagine. so I have to, I can't do stuff during dinner time because I need to talk to my husband. He needs right. attention too. And I want to know about his day and he wants to know about mine. Yeah. Right. So I have to wait for everyone to be in bed so that I could put on my makeup, set up my camera, and film. <laughs> <laughs> Putting on a full face and makeup about two in the oh morning. My oh yeah. my god. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's it's not easy, but you do what you gotta do. If it's important to you, if it's your passion, if you're not in it because oh I wanna get a, a check or I want free makeup, if it's truly because it's something that you need to do for yourself because you love it, then 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 you just figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh cool. So if you had one piece of advice for parents out there who are either looking to start something of a passion project similar to Domesticated Me or are just looking to make some time for themselves in general, what's a piece of advice you have? So um, I think for me, scheduling is everything. That's what you need to figure out. For like, it's, it's easier said than done because I'm not right. great at it either. But you have to figure out a schedule for yourself. How much time do you have to do this? How much time do you need to do this? Right. When and where can I do this? That's like the most important thing. Once you have that down, then things become easier because you already have like a set plan of how right. things get mm-hmm. done. But I will say is that, especially for people, I don't know how many people listen in who want to be creators themselves. Um, my first thing is to reflect and say, why are you doing this? Right. Do you really want to do this because it's something that you're into or are you doing this because you see people are getting free stuff and you want free stuff? You mm-hmm. see people making crazy money and you want the crazy money. Like yes. if it's for that, it's not worth it. This is work. It is work. Uh, the tell, them ag- see- tell them again. You hear that? It's- this is work. Yes. Mm-hmm. You see a final project and you think all they did was put a couple of pl- a plate of food in front of them on top of marble and they took a photo and that's all what their day is. No, it's work. Like yes. I can tell you that like there have been moments where I'm in my office at two o'clock in the morning and thinking like, I don't, how am I going to do this? How mm-hmm. am I going to do this? I need to sleep. I need to do this. I have this stuff to do for my family. I have this stuff to do for my work. Like, I've had those moments more than once where I'm like, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. Right. But it's my passion that keeps me going Mm -hmm. because I am passionate about it, because I do love it, because I do enjoy it, because I can't imagine my life without this part of it existing. So, yeah, no, that's some really great advice. This shit is not for the faint of heart, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. this work is very, it's a lot. And I think that because I am still not a parent, I'm also not married, and I see how much work it is now, and I love it so much that sort of like undeniable love and attachment you have to the work. That's why I'm like, wow, can I possibly do both, all three, be married, have kids, and, and do this? Um, but honestly, people like you are inspiring, even if it, even if, you know, you, 
don't have it as together as as you appear the fact that there could even be the appearance of that honestly is is something to commend in itself Mm -hmm. so thank you yeah it's you know thank you so much for being with us today shout out to your hustle thanks for getting me out of the house guys yes Yes. (laughs) absolutely absolutely so tell us any shout outs any cool stuff you have coming up we should look out for and what social media platforms can we find you on I am on Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Jessica Y. Flores. Twitter is my political outlet. If you're into politics and what's going on in the world, that's where you want to find me. If you more are into the content and the travel and beauty and stuff, check out my Instagram and my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash domesticated me. Um, I have a trip to Disney coming up. So if you guys are interested in Disney content, like uh, I have, I'll have a bunch of posts up for that nice. travel in general if you're into inter, interested in new orleans definitely come to my yes. website domesticatedme.com because yes. i have a lot of tips and recommendations for new orleans yes amazing yes. skittles where can they find us you can find us at ladies who bruncher on instagram at ladies who bruncher on youtube ladies bruncher on twitter and on all your favorite streaming platforms yes <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much guys and until next time brunche Bronche, bronche. That's how we say brunch. Here's to the ladies who stay busy with their lunch. You want that bochinche? Pa' que te comienche. You know what they said? Got super sick glasses thinking. Aquí en esta mesa se repeta como ñon. Si la copa está llena, yo te doy la bendición. So what if we get batches? We from the Bronx. That's it. Don't get it twisted. We be going to Manhattan. Be a queen. Be a boss. Ladies who brunch are popping more. Hey.